I am Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. We are two game masters who can't stop talking about roleplaying games. Today we talk about the first thing you always should do before starting a campaign. The famous Session Zero. And as always, we're going to try to focus in on roleplay so that we can get better at it together. But before, as always, how are you doing, Matt? Oh, I'm good. I'm good, Chris. We finally managed to play an in-person game. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was nice. It felt good to... like It, it felt natural, didn't it? Playing in yeah. person, seeing each other face-to-face. Yeah, it felt like like we removed barriers that we forgot were there. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great, and it was the wrap up, not the wrap up. It, I guess it was. It was like I split uh, my games into seasons, and it was like the end of season four, where it was kind of the aftermath of the big climax, and it was great because it was a lot of role play, and you guys really really came to play. It was it was great. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit. It, and it was weird, but I was kind of nervous. Uh, it was, <laughs> really? yeah, it was the first time in a long time that I role played like in front of other people. You know, when you're like you're role playing on Discord, there's like the like the screen is in between you and everybody else, and that that mm-hmm. extra barrier for some reason adds a different dimension to it, right? When you're in person, you're there. You, you can't you can't hide behind the screen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people stare at you. I mean, it was so fun to see everybody. We had all players, all five players, and it was so great to see everybody interact with each other. And we 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 added a lot of we added some mechanics. Something we'll talk in certainly in other another episode. Like the the thing I've been kind of mentioning lately, the role play task, and it was our first try and. I really liked it. We we still have to refine it for a certain situation, but I think it's it, it really elevated everybody at the table, and we saw a lot of different interactions. Yeah, yeah. I want to say, like baseline level of role play was the best. Like like everybody. Yeah. If we all pooled into like one overall score, if you want to say that, I mean, <laughs> you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to count role play and score them, but I think that was the best role play the table has done. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there were, there was not combat, so it was like not, not a normal game because it was dealing, like I said, with the aftermath, but I think it was so interesting. Anyway, we're, we're, I guess we're not going the specific here, so I'm not sure exactly what's the value for the listener, but I'll just want to say I had lots of fun. And we're actually playing, we're planning on playing next week if weather permits it. But yeah, I'm yeah. Really I, yeah, you had a good space for it actually. With the, there was good lighting with, the, with your lamp above the gazebo. You know, most of us had clipboards. So thanks to, if you're listening, whoever it was on Twitter who said to use a clipboard, <laughs> I, they, they came in handy. Uh, we had hand sanitizer galore and it oh, yeah. was uh, it was good it was i was fun. actually i have a, like a small deck and i was on top of the deck where you guys were like three steps below on like under my gazebo so it was funny that i like i felt like on a throne <laughs> i am the game master it was uh yeah it was funny it was good yeah it was fun um all right well i guess let's let's dig into session zero shall we let's do it yeah so i mean 
it's a topic that I think, you know, the people listening are probably pretty familiar with. Uh, you've definitely heard us talk about it before. I'm sure you've heard other game masters talk about it. Perhaps you are an advocate for it. Um, so today's episode is really to, to continue to talk about Session Zero, what it is, um, and for us to kind of give you our opinions like we usually do. And ultimately, we're going to, I think, give you guys kind of like a, a template, right? Like a, almost like a, not a checklist, but things that we like to include in our Session Zero. So hopefully you can find some inspiration there. Yeah. And the list is like not an exhaustive list. It's we didn't go on the internet to see like all the things you should say on your season zero. We're just going like with our experience. So it's really personal to us. If we're missing some elements, I mean, add it, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but like, this is like our perspective on it. So yeah, oh, go, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, uh, probably it's better to start with what it is. Uh, so what is it to you, a session zero map or what's the most important part or how would you define it? One of those questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's go with my, like, to me, the most important part, because I think as we describe the list of things to consider, we'll, we'll hopefully get a, a more wholesome view. But to me, the reason I really like Session Zero is because I find it and I like to use it as an opportunity for everybody who's going to play in the campaign to build their party together. Obviously, you know, I want them to come to the, to the session zero with an idea that they you know they they'd like to play maybe a concept that they're they're intrigued by but not necessarily a def definite view of who their character is and what their class is and what their role in the party is going to be like I, I want that to be a little bit vague so that when everybody comes together at session zero they can kind of construct their characters in an open forum amongst each other and the game master to build a party that's a cohesive unit and that has interesting dynamics amongst you know between each other that that to me is like the the power of a session zero that was very well said matt that's impressive <laughs> I mean, I mean, everything was there. I feel like maybe we just need to, like, <laughs> I mean, dumb it down mainly for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I think, I mean, I know because I've been into one of your sessions, but, like, the open forum you're talking about is basically us having a beer in the living room <laughs> and talking about, oh, here's an idea that I had that fits with what Matt presented as a world. And then we kind of riff off each other until we all have characters that fit together but also are all different so that we don't have like uh, repetition in intrigue of our backstory or like so that everybody feels special but at the same time unified so i think that's that's uh that's a big strength of session zero and that's definitely something you seem to to focus on um for me it's it's kind of like the another side of the session zero and i i wouldn't Depending on what I run or who I run it for, it might be very different. But from the games I've, I'm currently running, it's mostly the the the, the time I talk about the vibes, uh, that like the atmosphere, the world, the world building. What are the constraints of the world? I I like to play in very, I'm gonna say realistic, but I'm not sure. I really very similitude. Let's say like some something that is 
it's it's low fantasy. I play a lot of Warhammer, so I like if people don't know the world, I like to explain it because I for me, uh, keeping close to the the real lore, the real lore, <laughs> the established <laughs> lore is is important. So I, I explain that to my players. Um, so for people who don't really know the world, it's hard for them to come up with a character idea because it might actually not really fit. So that's where I'm there to like guide the players. But usually, contrary to you, I tend to have the players create the characters. And when I, behind the scene, I'm the one who's putting their backstory, that the elements that they gave me, together to form like the unity you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's a very different way to do it, but it's using this. I think in both cases, what is the same is we use this to co- communicate the baseline information about the whole campaign. Yeah, yeah. And I like what you're saying, Chris, and, and I agree with it. And I think it's especially important in your case. I remember because it was the first time any of us played in the Warhammer setting. So to us and to people listening, you know, if you're planning on running a game with a new system or with a new setting or with something that you know your players are unfamiliar with and might be kind of opposed to their normal, not opposed, but, uh, you know, different from what they're used to, which was the case for us, right, Chris, when mm-hmm. we're playing in your, in your game, it was, we were a little less the heroes than we would normally be, I think, especially at the beginning. We kind of had to do a little bit of the struggle. I know you adapted the Warhammer setting a little bit, or maybe a lot, <laughs> but, but still, like, compared to the D&D, you know, the, the Forgotten Realms, for instance, it's, it's, it's a very big gap between being the, the heroes of the world compared to maybe the, the heroes of a small region. Yeah, for sure. So it's important to communicate that. And I think there's a lot about setting expectations. I mean, you're, if you listen to anything on YouTube or podcasts or blog about Session Zero, that, that is the core of it, is setting expectations. And it's an, it goes both ways. So I think sometimes they forget to mention that, yeah, the game master has to set the expectation to the players, but also the players has to set his or her, their own expectation to the game master and i i always remember i mean an example of that is at the beginning of the warhammer that the campaign we're talking about the one we've been playing for three years now uh i remember you map coming like when i took you aside to explain like the backstory of your character because i pre-made those characters and i kind of gave them to certain players for specific reasons and that was one of the expectations one of the expectation i had to set like i'm giving you a character but I, I was before I could even say anything. You put me like aside just before I started, and you said, "Whatever, it's fine. Like it's fine." But I don't want to have home, uh, homework. Like I don't want it to be like a lot of work outside of the game, which I actually really <laughs> appreciated. But yeah, it's funny time, because now we talk about it, and we have a <laughs> podcast to talk about it anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? No, no, like this web. I mean. I know now that when you say something like that, my goal is to change your mind. But uh, yeah, it, it changed a lot since then. But anyway, I, back then, I, I appreciated it because it kind of put the boundaries where I needed. Like I wasn't expecting you to give. I wasn't expecting to give you homework, but it kind of 
told me the mindset you were in. Because we were coming from another game where it was a little bit more, I guess, I don't want to say demanding, but there was some things to say behind the, 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 behind the scene. And I think you were kind of like, I, I don't want to deal with that again. I don't know. That's not true. I think I it know. was just my state of mind it, yeah. it, it, at that time. I, I forget exactly what was going on, but probably I was starting a new job or mm. I don't know if my daughter was on her way into the world. But there, the, I, 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 and I remember, I remember vividly telling you that, yeah, because I was like, you know what, for now, I don't think I said for now, but I definitely said, yeah, no homework. I just want to come to play and then not have to go home and like <laughs> write up a, a, a anything or, or come up with parts of the world i'll do that at the table um and it kind of worried me a little bit like i liked that i knew where your state of mind were, was but it worried me a little bit because i had given you i want to say the more complicated character and with like the backstory where you started as and like i guess it's a spoiler but for like the blood and campaign diaries that we did a year ago but um you were a wizard but at first you pretended not to be. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was giving you assignments in the game, but not out of the game, at least. <laughs> anyway. No, yeah, so it was, was fun. Um, and, you know, it's been a while, actually, since we've had a Session Zero. Uh, and I think we've grown quite a bit as Game Masters and as tabletop RPG players. I, I wonder, Chris, if I could take this opportunity to ask you if you could do another session zero, which maybe you have with your brother or what have you, but are there things that you would change, things that you would do differently? I mean, I think I think I come off a little bit harsh sometimes in session zero because I'm really all about like, okay, let's really set expectation. Tell me exactly what you want or need and I'll and I'll try to meet it and I'll tell you for me one of the big things is, is commitment if you tell me you're gonna be in the game that means you're gonna show up that means you're gonna commit a certain level um I think I, I come up I, I come off a little intense even like at the beginning I remember the first I don't know six months of our game I was really I was getting frustrated when people arrived late and it was like happen often and i think now i have the reputation of the guy who doesn't tolerate being 15 minutes late which is totally not the case it's more <laughs> like 45 minutes late that's where i'm like come on um so i don't know i think right now i have a more easygoing approach in terms of commitment i'm i try to a little bit let go more let take it less personally so I think that would that would definitely be different. But in terms of running the game, I'm, I'm pretty happy with with what I did, and I think it was successful. So, but what about you? What you did it? We did it one for your uh, Rising Tide campaign, where, like I said, like we were all together riff, riffing for to create our characters. Would you do anything different? Yeah, I well, I mean, I really liked the focus on the characters. I think that piece. I think that piece worked very well and it had a positive impact on the first, you know, several games because you guys oh, yeah. could really hit the ground running as a party who knew a lot about each other's characters. Um, but I, I think where I was maybe lacking a little bit 
was in a little bit more preparation in terms of those expectations um, that I, I think I could probably improve on is, is, you know, come prepared with perhaps a list of things that are quote unquote, the game master's responsibility. Because I, I remember, you know, talking very like openly, like, oh, like you guys, like, are there things you don't want to have in the game? Are there things that, you know, go zones, that kind of stuff? And, and you know, I think it might have been the first time some of you guys had been asked that question. Maybe not you, Chris, but I, I know that it definitely would have been the first time my wife was asked something like this in a, you know, in the context of a role playing game. So I, I think that she was maybe taken a little bit like on the spot and she was like mm, i don't i'd have to think about it so maybe having a list of things where it's like i, I i'm not sure i'm I, i'm literally spitballing mm -hmm. live as we're recording but but something like this where it's like you know a, a setting introduction that maybe i could type out or maybe some some context that i can give each character individually before like this is the context that your character maybe knows for, for like the world building and then the same thing for some of the expectations in terms of content yeah and i think i think it's it's kind of a balance act because i know now that playing like if i had to start another campaign with you guys we've been playing so for so long that i kind of know you enough to be like here's all the things you need to know and come prepared and stuff like that right because we're all kind of intense <laughs> but <laughs> but with new gamers, you don't want to do that because they'll like be scared off. For, for instance, in my brother's game, the one I, I run, the Uber Strike campaign in the fourth edition, it's we just introduced a new a new guy who came to replace anyway, whatever, a new guy to the table, and um, we like we had a session zero where we explained it to him like it's fine if you don't want to commit to it, but here's what you're committing to, which mm -hmm. is like showing up and having a game that many times a month or whatever. Um, but at the same time, I did not know how, yes, of course he was like, yes, yes, of course, of course. Uh, but I did not know how committed it was to like role play at the table or, you know, things like that. And it's hard for me to go like, okay, here's how we play and here's how I run for someone who may be introduced to role playing games or haven't played in a while or for a long time. It might be a little bit intense. So I would say <laughs> if it you says, deal with veterans, you can put a lot preface, preface, anyway, you can put a lot before the, the session zero, where if it's newbies, maybe you want to keep it slow. Yeah, it's really, it's a balancing act. And like, I've heard some folks say they, they have like a document, like a, like a, like an actual document that they print out and give to people to like explain what the campaign's going to be like. And I, I mean, I can see the benefit to that, but I think I want to find a, a slightly hap, like a slightly more toned down version of that where, mm -hmm. cause I really enjoyed, you know, when we did it, we were sitting around in the living room, drinking beer, talking about our characters. And it was, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for you guys, but to me, it was fun. Like it was a lot of fun and mm -hmm. to have the game master sitting there, reading off like a list of things to me isn't exactly fun. So it's how do you, how do you meet in the middle there, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think for you, you didn't have to worry about commitment that much because it was all like friends, it was your wife, and and you knew 
I think like commitment was kind of taken care of because it was mm -hmm. all friends. So for you, it was more about just setting the setting and creating the characters with party unity. Where for me, the example with the the, the new person at my table, it was like it was already an established game. Also, so like it was not us talking about oh where how how often do we want to play like that was not on the table. It was already established. It was like here uh, what yeah, we yeah. are doing right now. Do you really like? Do you agree to those terms kind of deal right and i mean it was he did great but like he had uh basically the commitment was a little bit of an issue in terms of numbers of games because life happens not because he didn't want to just life happens yeah, um, yeah for sure yeah. but maybe we can move on to like uh a question that is kind of at the core of this which is do you believe you absolutely need a session zero right yeah yeah I, it, that's a good question um do you absolutely need a session zero oh i people on the internet are gonna scream at me but i'm gonna say no you don't like you can play a game without a session zero mm -hmm. uh for I a mean, number of reasons number of reasons yeah like you know i don't know if you maybe i'll ask you the same question chris like do you believe you need a session zero? I, no, I mean, we, you can definitely do it without. I mean, a simple example is just if you're going to run a one-shot or a two-shot or whatever, and you're going to give pre-made characters, let's just have fun with it. Let's not worry too much about it. So that's one reason. Another reason could be just because, I don't know, you, you've been playing D&D for a while and you just bought the Rick and Morty expansion thing. and everybody knows about rick and morty you just want to hit the ground running like do you actually need to like establish a whole backstory and and like i don't know you probably don't need it for me yeah. for a campaign that i'm gonna run that's gonna last at least let's say six games i want a session zero i think i think you should have a session zero but there's plenty of example where you you don't need one yeah i i, I think i tend to agree with you part of it too is who you're playing with i think right if if you're playing with a group of friends and you just want to like crack open the tabletop rpg book and play some games even if they've never played before maybe they maybe they have played before but i think th those are the kind of circumstances where if you're close to one another you might not need to have the conversation um i think part of it too is the game master's level of commitment right if the game master is very they want a high level of commitment they want to play every week they want to have that kind of thing that's when the session zero becomes important or the or they feel like they want to talk about content that might you know might be a little bit more on the fringe of what some people might find acceptable then i would probably encourage you to also have a session zero but like you're saying chris if you're going to be having a one shot if you're going to be having uh, a silly game with your friends do you like there's no need for it yeah, I mean, when I was running Fate Core, like before I modified it, not I, I don't. I first played. I ran a bunch of Fate Core, not in the Warhammer universe. I really would like we're creating the whole world together before we start playing. And I guess it's kind of a session zero, but for me, it was more part of the game. Like I run, I ran one at your bachelor party. I think before you got there, actually, and it just people we created a steampunk universe. Well, I don't want to do like a big. 
Like we don't need to create those characters in depth. Uh, yeah. I did it with one with my in-laws. It was kind of same, kind of the same deal. So I don't know you don't need it, but I think if, like we said, if if you can, you you should. There's a lot of gain from doing a session zero if it fits with your group. If you want to do it, it's it's definitely uh, it only helps. I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're gonna finish a session zero with people being engaged and say, oh, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I don't know. Maybe some people will come and be like, this is way too intense. And well, I mean, good but to, that might be good, good to know, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um So, I mean, I guess the next thing for us to talk about, Chris, is let's just go over, you know, for the people listening, let's go over, uh, you know, the things we include in a session zero or the things that we usually consider to include in a session zero and by the end of this you guys should have a nice big grocery list of topics to consider like chris mentioned at the top of the show it's not you know all-encompassing if you want to find a list that's all-encompassing and i'll be honest it might be too long of a list but I'll leave that up to you to decide. Um, there was actually a really good Reddit post on the D&D Reddit. Just look up, you know, checklist of session zero uh, elements or something like this. Maybe I'll, mm-hmm. I'll try to find it and link it up for you guys in the show notes if I remember to do it. Uh, and, and that was like a list of, I think, like a hundred or so different things yeah. to consider. Yeah, we came up like with the thing, like we we jot down a little list here and we were like, oh, maybe we should do a little bit of research. And we found out that we were like, no, no, there's no way. Let's just keep what we have. <laughs> it's like, it's really long and it's very specific. And that's not really the goal here. It's just to share our experience. So the first thing, like like I said previously, the, the main thing and the first thing I'm gonna, I mentioned my, to my players is the setting I'm planning. And maybe it's a discussion if you don't know, but for me, I usually come with something in mind and. I tell them about the setting, the atmosphere, the the kind of kind of heroes they can expect to be, the kind of villain they can expect to fight, the the, the challenges of that world, um, some of maybe the econo economy and political place they're gonna be thrown in. Uh, a little bit about the setting. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes you know in this conversation you could talk a little bit about the kinds of characters that might be found in the setting, the kinds of uh, power levels included in the setting, things like, is it going to be high fantasy? Is it going to be low fantasy? Is it going to be more of a game that's related to a narrative? Uh, Is it going to be a game more related to sandbox type universe things? You can kind of touch into that too. Uh, Some people like to have a prepared text where you give them an intro. My personal preference, isn't to be too heavy here you know don't go writing up a big history of the world in the past 500 years and then sit there for you know 40 minutes reading it out if you want to email it out to people i mean go ahead but i wouldn't do something like that in my session zero i would probably stick it closer to something like a like a five minute intro at the longest of a prepared text outlining the setting maybe the the things leading up to the first game yeah, like a one pager that you get most mostly that you need yeah, to out at least. Exactly, and, and then you know another intro that you 
I'm going to want to be doing at this point is introducing the group to the system. If you're playing Dungeons & Dragons and it's the first time someone in the group has ever played that edition of the game, you might want to, you know, brush over the things that are new or, or different from other editions. Yeah, and for me, for instance, running Warhammer 4th edition, the critical system, the, the combat system is pretty brutal. So it's really important for me to tell them, like, yeah, it's the setting, but it's also the system, right? It's like, be careful if you get ambushed, it's probably not going to finish well, right? It's so giving, give them, I, 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 if I remember correctly, I think I already, I gave them a couple of examples of like, here's what can happen in a combat. And I, and I would like pretend roll, not pretend roll, but I would like give, let's say they rolled a 12 and, or 11 and it's a critical and blah, blah. And just to show them, okay, you, you can get out, like put out of combat really quickly. So setting expectation on how the system, what will they, what will the system encourage and what will it punish? Mm -hmm. I think it's a good, good time to say. The next thing, I mean, we've already kind of been touching on it is the expectations. There's a lot of expectation to set. And after the system and the setting is kind of established, it's first thing you, the other thing you can mention, maybe it's your GM style, if you know what it is, and maybe there's some fluctuation there that, that can be adjusted, but have a discussion about it. Yeah, kind of the things that, and if you don't know, I'm sure you know your preferences, right? Like, you you know that you like really cool narratives and long, drawn-out stories, or maybe you like really tactical combat, maybe you like having a lot of, like, espionage and, like, uh, murder mystery type type things. Or maybe you're trying to explore something with your style this time around. The Session Zero is the, is the perfect opportunity for you to make that clear to everybody that's playing. And, and conversely, if you're a player in a game, the Session Zero is also the opportunity for the player to talk, right? It's, it's not just the Game Master sitting here monologuing about the expectations you should have as the player, but it's the same thing. Same goes for the player towards the Game Master. You can tell the Game Master, hey, I really, really like roleplay. I love putting on an accent, and I love, you know, getting the opportunity for these long con conversations with NPCs. Or maybe you're a player who wants the opposite. So this is the opportunity to, to take the stage and say that. Yeah, and if you find out that your group, uh, out of the four people you have, three really hate puzzles, because previously you came out yeah sorry i dropped my phone <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe like that's when you find out that your group has some preferences that you can either try to meet or maybe try to i don't want to say work against but like maybe try to to change their mind but that's <laughs> but I, I i say that because i'm kind of that like that if i have like one player that's different than the rest i'm like I'm going to, let's say one player tells me I really hate puzzles and the other one all love it. I'm going to try to create a puzzle that is tailored to the person who doesn't like it so that they actually like it and that everybody enjoys the thing. Um, but that's, that's just me. I'm weird. <laughs> well, um, no, but you bring up a good point, right? It's, it's knowing and, ex and, and getting an expectation for how your players might react and, and trying to see if you can tweak that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The other thing is, I mean, I mean, we're probably the worst people to mention that, but like the length of the campaign, which because <laughs> I remember saying, I remember Joe asking me, 
uh, how, how many games do you think? And I said 10. Um, I mean, I couldn't have been more wrong, but I mean, the, the part I thought was going to take 10 was stretched to, I don't even know. It was a lot. It was over 30, I believe. Uh, but, but that's because it was fun and people interacted with the thing and kind of went on, explored a little bit more and didn't sit, stay on the track. Like this railroad, it like really opened up. And I, I think it was, it was, people enjoyed it. So quickly I realized it's, it was not going to be 10. And I think for you, it's something like that happened too, right? Oh, yeah. I remember actually it was supposed to be like a five game thing, maybe six game thing. Oh, we barely made it halfway through in in 12 games or in 13 <laughs> games. So anyway, it but but you know, like you're saying, Chris, the, the session zero is a great opportunity to at least talk about your target length. Maybe maybe something we should do next time is like put sliders on it and say it's gonna take anywhere between 12 to 24 games or something. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think I've, I've no better now than to to set like how many i think it's the when we say length of campaign it's it's also that basically it says the kind of commitment like if you say oh it's about it's going to be two games and it turns out to be four i think it's fine yeah if you say yeah. 10 and it's about it's going to be 16 i mean it's a lot more but i think it's not that big of a deal if you say this campaign is going to last for 15 years i mean you shouldn't say that because life happens but <laughs> i think i think probably what i what, what we should say is like are is it a one shot is it a short campaign which would be like three to five games or is it like a long which would be 10 and over let's put it that way yeah yeah and and i think part of it too when we talk about length of campaign like you're saying chris it's it's to gauge commitment and something that we've started doing in our games that i think works very well is coming up with like a schedule Almost like when you register for like an organized sport or you register for like a class at a university or a college or any kind of school, those, those things that you sign up for are on a schedule and they last a period of defined time. I think that something that I really like doing and that proves to be very useful is to do the same thing for role-playing games. You know, you tell the people, this is my plan. I want to play every second Thursday from this time to this time for the next two and a half months, you know, for a total of eight Thursdays. Mm -hmm. Does that work it, for you guys? Yeah. And it works very well because everybody knows exactly one. They know the dates. They know in advance. They know what they're committing to. And what's great about it, I, th I think as a game master being on the other side of that also, what I like is like if after, let's say, a game, like a semester or, or, or whatever, um, one of the characters is like, you know what, for these three months, I have too much work. There's some, I got a promotion. I need to concentrate on that. I just got a baby. Uh, <laughs> you know, whatever happens in life, mm -hmm. someone can be like, I'm not committing to those, but I will like, I would like to come back for the next scheduled play. It's a, it's very liberating. And if you want to bring a substitute during that time, you can tell them, okay, this is for seven games, but we have another player coming. Uh, so you're kind of playing a long-term, I don't want to say NPC, but like uh, a guest, you know, mm -hmm. like they do on Critical Role when Travis and Laura have a baby, they bring people as guests. 
well, it's kind of like that. It's like you're going to be here for this amount of games, and it it's it doesn't from from the experience I had, it doesn't create any friction because it's established from the beginning. Yeah, no, I really like it. Like you said, Chris, it it gives the the people at the table the opportunity to opt in and opt out. Um, it sets the expectation from the get go. It's mm-hmm. it's nice. Yeah, no, it's it's really nice. Yes. Um, another thing that to set expectation uh, to do, I mean, we're going long on each of those, but I think it's fun, um, is house rules. Um, it's You don't want to play in like three games into it. You bring a house rule that people didn't know and they created their characters and it kind of like destroyed their build if that's the kind of game you're running. Mm-hmm. Uh, House rules are important to clarify from the get-go. And even for the players, if the players know that they've been playing with certain house rules, they can even, I guess, propose them. Is that the right world? They like um, say, like, would you consider using that, that house rule? And that can even be helpful for the game master. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, something that I know that I do is that I'm kind of loosey-goosey with the rules, but I couldn't tell you one specific house rule that I have. So I think that the Session Zero is an opportunity for the Game Master to say that as well, right? To say, like, no, I'm very by the book. I'm going to follow the rules to a T mm-hmm. versus, ah, you know, we're here to have fun. I'm not going to spend, you know, five minutes looking through the, the, the manual to figure something out if... I can come up with something on the spot that's going to help the flow and the pace of the game move on. So it's it's finding that balance and and stating that that position that you have with house rules as a player and as a game master together and kind of working through it. Yeah, um, because if the player is really strict and the game master is not or vice versa, that can cause friction. So better set expectations again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And then another thing that you guys can talk about, and I talked about it a little bit before when I was talking about the setting and the Game Master style, is just what kind of focus is this game going to take? Is it going to be, you know, which pillar of the of the role-playing pillars of exploration, combat, or role-play do you think the focus will be on? It's nice to throw in a number, say, oh, you know, it's probably going to be something like 40-40-20. 30-30-30, or, you know, like, give it... Uh, Give the players a base on expectation, especially if you think you're going to focus a lot on one of them. Because it yeah. can let, let the people know, you know, there's, there are some skills that they might not need. <laughs> if you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, like, for instance, with my Ubusra campaign with my brother, I told the, the new guy, I was like, you know what? I'm not forcing combat ever. Because co- combat is, again, going back to the the... the, the system like combat is so can go bad really quickly so i'm not i'm never going to force you into combat but so that means just first that means that combat can happen every two game or every three games even right Mm -hmm. so i mean that's kind of for some people that's kind of extreme right some people it's like i need at least one combat per game otherwise i'm bored or why would i play a priest of sigmar who's really good in combat if well that's why I set expectation. I say, you know what? We're really about role play. Uh, we have a lot of exploration in the sense of even investigation, <clears throat> political intrigue. So that's my other game. It's a lot of, I would say, like mainly political intrigue, then some exploration, 
uh, a lot of role play and a little combat, but a combat is very impactful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, so I think there's a lot of expectation to set here. And another very important expectation is the no-go topics, the like ethic concerns, the what are your limits in terms of maybe themes? What are you comfortable with? Uh, if you want to go with like a, a, a safe card, like <clears throat> the thing where everybody has a card at the table they can lift if they're not comfortable in that moment. There's different ways to do it, but setting those boundaries uh, in terms of comfort at the table, it, it needs to happen in session zero. And I think even if you're not running a session zero, before starting, that discussion needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, like you're saying, Chris, it's important. It's important to come up with a way to know what makes people feel uncomfortable, to try to figure that out from the beginning. And if you can't figure it out, because, you know, it's, it's hard to know sometimes what's going to make you feel uncomfortable, to come up with a system that'll allow people to kind of remove themselves or stop the game if they start to feel like they're entering into into a topic that makes them uncomfortable um we're not experts in like ethics and that kind of stuff so i don't want to speak too much about it but I, I think you need to make sure that everybody at your table feels feels safe and feels welcome and another important topic to talk about here too is you know if you're playing a spooky game if you're playing a game that's supposed to make people feel a certain way you should talk about it and say look the, the intention of the game is to be scary is to make you feel shivers is to make you blah 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 you know are you guys okay with that and and to kind of try to balance that because i know you know some people are streaming some really cool scary games out there and people love it other people hate it. So just to, to kind of be on the same page for that. And know that everybody's coming into these games with, you know, different backgrounds, different different uh, experiences in their life. So you, you want to be respectful of that. Um, yeah, because some people are okay being uncomfortable in a certain situation where the same thing cannot be okay with someone else. And, and I just want to say a little bit more about it because... I remember not too long ago, I was like, okay, obviously there's some subject that are could be off topic that you need to, to talk about. There's the obvious one that everybody knows. But uh, I was surprised that in one of the games, even like just direct confrontation in a role play, like acting capacity can, can be a lot. Like mm -hmm. I, so it's good to have this, like you said, this timeout system like how are you going to run it because if the person doesn't have a way to like quickly have that uh lifeboat or it's it's it might the person might feel stuck in that in that scene yeah exactly and and you know like like you're saying chris that doesn't mean necessarily that you're never going to have a confrontation like that again in a game or you're never going to bring up the topic again if you know you could talk to the player and say okay are you okay like are you okay if we keep talk having this kind of content in the game they might say yes they might just say you know in the moment i needed an escape but i'm happy to go back other people will say no so it's it's to kind of revisit the topics as well um mm -hmm. and and let's i mean i think we could talk about this a lot but i think you guys get the idea so let's move on to the next thing, which is uh, character creation. You know, we talked a lot about expectations and setting expectations, but you can also like 
like I like to do in my session zeros is to use it as an uh, as a forum for people to chit chat and kind of create their characters together. The one of the ones that one of the ways that I like to do this is, like I said before, have people come in with a sort of like a baseline or like a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a foundation to their character, like a concept that they like, and to kind of present it to the rest of the party. And then have everybody work together to build that character, build their characters all in kind of one big melting pot, which is going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good also, like I remember in your Rising Tide campaign, I I came with the uh, to the creation process with three concept idea. One of them, one of them were, uh, was a wizard, if I remember correctly. But someone else, the first thing they said is like, I would really like to play a wizard. Well, that character I just crossed off obviously you could run a game with the wizard blah blah mm -hmm. but like that was not the goal there and so so to have multiple one is also a good idea and i think like you you mentioned the links between them like obviously we kind of riff off each other to like create those links but one thing uh, we did i think it was for a one shot or a two shot so we did it really quickly but at the beginning everybody had their character i don't i think it might have been pre-made i'm not sure uh but the first exercise we did just before starting was Find someone else that you like and find someone else that you don't like in the group. Maybe not don't like, but like have an, a difference of opinion, like you would do with a coworker. You mm -hmm. know, not something that would create like a gap, but something that could create in, in, interesting tension in the game and someone that you work, like, like I said, positively with. And this, if everybody does it right, it creates kind of a web that really ties everybody so that maybe... Uh, character A really likes character B, but B doesn't like C, but C doesn't like A. And then there's kind of a triangle that happened where then you can have very interesting uh, links and conversation right from the get-go. And I think that's what you mentioned before, that this creation in, of Unity really helped at the beginning. I think it is a game-changer for the first two or three games to have this when you start. Mm -hmm. and, and I can't take full credit for doing that, Chris. I actually stole it the game Fiasco. So in the game mm -hmm. Fiasco, which is a, you know, it's a narrative role-playing game that can be done in a whole bunch of settings. And that's part of it is to, is to create uh, links between characters kind of in a similar way. It's far more in depth than that, but I, I love doing that in the game. It, I find, especially in Session Zero, because it creates, like you said, this interesting dynamic and this web of of characters that can kind of kickstart roleplay right out of the right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. um, and and part of that, which I thought was kind of neat, and I'd like to try to replicate again in another Session Zero, is that I feel like at the end of the night, everybody knew pretty much just as much about every other character as they did their own character. Yeah, and that's that's your credit because it was kind of like the idea, right? For you, we, we were a crew, so the goal was to have that feeling of we've been like we've been together for a while, we know each other. Where in my Warhammer campaign, I didn't really want that because I wanted you guys to kind of discover each other and each other's backstory as as we started. So mm -hmm. for me, we started basically, I want to say a week of the characters meeting each other after a big battle, some were wounded. Um, 
so you knew a little bit of it. So in the backstory, I added information about the other ones, but really partial information. And one of the things I did to make sure that the characters that were pre-made also had some of the players in them, it was uh, I had a bunch of questions of like in the backstory, your sister, your your sister disappeared. Well, in the questions I would ask, when's the last time you saw her? What was your relationship with her? To create those vacuum that the player can fill in to feel attached to the player. I guess right now we're going to character creation, so maybe that's a little bit too much, but it's part of session zero. Yeah, it definitely has its place there. Um, and, and I think part of the fun, too, in doing it in session zero, or at least part of that character creation, is that you get to do it, you get to riff off of each other, and you get to have the game master present to maybe help you help guide you in the creation of your character in a way that's appropriate to the setting, right? Like if you start saying stuff about your character, like, oh, he's going to hate goblins, goblins are, they killed his parents, blah, blah, blah. But the, but the game master is like, you know, goblins aren't really going to be that important in this, mm-hmm. in this, in this game, but ogres will be. So yeah. what if, you know, would you be open to the idea of making ogres, uh, re- replacing goblins with ogres? And, and you can kind of work together in, in, that, in that way to make your character even more relevant to the actual, you know, adventure that's going to be taking place. Mm-hmm. For sure, that's a, good, that's a good tip. I know some people might not agree with that because it's kind of a spoiler, but it depends on what the kind of game you're running, for sure. Um, I mean, another one is uh, there's there's a lot of opportunity for world building there, depending on again how much how established it is. For me, the Warhammer world is, like I said, very established. That's the word, I guess. But if you're running something that's a little bit more malleable, when the create when the characters are created, going back into where are they from, and kind of backtracking and creating the plays they're from is a fun exercise in Session Zero if the players are willing and they, they're excited about that. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I'll go the opposite. Some, some Session Zeros that I've participated in as a player actually involved us playing a minigame called... Mm-hmm. Or it's not really a minigame, it's like a one-night game called Dawn of Worlds, where you actually physically build a world. Like, you, you, you have a map, and there are, like, points to attributing like geographical landscapes to the map and then you can add uh societies and and cities and make conflict and wars happen and by the end of the night you've like gone through the first millennia of that world's history in a collaborative sense like people build the world together so if you want your players to be very invested in the game world that you're playing in and have a sense of ownership in it, that could be one way to do it. It, it does take quite a while to play. I, I think it's something like three or four hours. So you probably wouldn't be able to do the rest of your session zero in that night, but it's just an idea. So it's called Dawn of Worlds. It, you can find the PDF, I think for free on on Drive-Thru RPG, or maybe like a pay what you want. So I'd encourage you to pay, you know, pay, pay a little bit artists, Artists need uh, <laughs> artists need the money. They don't do their work for free. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm not going to go on that. So um, <laughs> so yeah, you, you can do that if you want. Um, and then I, I guess the 
one of the last things we can talk about here is the session zero can be an opportunity for the game master to ask the players what they want. You know, ask them their preferences in the game, the things that they want to experience in the game or the way they want to feel when they play the game. Uh, this could be kind of a, a place for them to voice that. Yeah, and I think I mentioned it in the past in another episode, but I think when you ask for stuff like that, I think in the wrap-up episode, when we talk about wrapping up, actually, not the wrap-up of the season, but the one we talked about. Yeah, <laughs> the what's it called, the... The end of game debrief. End of game debrief. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, like when you ask for feedback, and that's kind of similar. Like you ask what they want in advance. Um, often players don't really know what they want. They know how they want to feel. So I would encourage you that when they give you those guidelines, see them as that guidelines, and also try to not hear actually what they say when they say like I don't like combat. Okay, why don't you like combat? I don't like combat because it takes forever. Okay, that doesn't mean you don't like combat. That means you don't like long combat. Or at least you would maybe enjoy combat that is really fast-paced and impactful, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so maybe try not to hear literally what they say, but, but mainly what they want to feel. And I've had a lot of good experience with that. I go to... Good feedback. Even last game, I remember one of my players say, "Like the I didn't know how to verbalize it, but that scene made me feel the way I wanted to feel." You know, <laughs> so um, so keep that in mind. I mean, there's other things to consider. Like we said, there's the Reddit page that you can go see for inspiration. Uh, I, I think, like you said previously, it's it's a big list. Try to take that session zero not as a big exercise of like a list checking, but more like a cool conversation. Have some speaking points uh, just to direct the thing, but you'll see where your players want it to go. I mean, I'm talking as if I'm talking just to the game master, but the player, if you come to this, really listen to the game master, what, what they want. And if you don't agree, say it and challenge it and say, well, I was expecting this. Can we merge that? Can we not? And make sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah, for sure. Like I like what you're saying there, Chris. It, it's for the players listening out there. Take the opportunity to speak up. Take the opportunity to come prepared. To you know, think of the things you like in the games that you have played in. Think of the the things that you maybe didn't like as much. And if you can come to the session zero with examples and explanations, I'm not saying this because your game master won't believe you, but I, but it'll help the game master in understanding the reasoning behind the opinions that you have so that they can try to mold the game in the best way possible. And, you know, we're making it sound like at the end of session zero, everybody's going to come out of it all happy and <laughs> getting what they want. But I think it's important to also say here, like, this is kind of like, especially if you're playing with new people, this is kind of like your job interview, right? Where the mm -hmm. where the the person, the game master is interviewing you as a player and vice versa. As a player, you're checking in to see, you know, am I going to like playing with this game master? Am I going to like playing with this group? So, I, I mean, it's kind of like a, a negative perspective on it. Like, yes, go have fun, but don't feel like at the end of the session zero, if you came out of it feeling like, ah, oh, this doesn't really look like the game for me, that you're obligated to 
to sign up for it or play in it or even run it. You know, if, if everybody, all your players have a completely different opinion to what's going to be a fun game and you don't think that's going to be fun to run, maybe you say, you know what, guys, like, I don't think I'm, I'm the game master to run this. Anyway, I'm just, mm -hmm. just riffing yeah. off. But no, no, just, I, th I think it's very valid to say it might not be a good good fit. I, I like what Matt Colville says. It's like it, <laughs> maybe the book you're writing is not the book they want to read. That doesn't mean you're a bad writer and they're a bad reader. That just means that's not the book you want to. Did I say it right? The book, you're, the, yeah, yeah. The book yeah, you're writing yeah. is not necessarily <laughs> the one they want to read. Yeah. Sorry for my hesitation there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. So I we got through our list. Good job, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. There's Virtual a I mean, high five. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> we, we we need to figure out a sound that is our view, virtual high five. It's like a or whatever, something better than that. <laughs> well, well, yeah. If you guys have any suggestions, we'll let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know we we uh, we had penciled in this concept of talking about. Uh, interludes which would be like a session zero later on maybe after you know a dozen games or so but we're definitely going way too long to talk about that now so maybe we save that topic for another day another day yeah and that's actually what created this session zero episode because we just had this interlude session not too long ago and we're like well let's start with session zero because it's the first part of it and then we'll talk about interlude so it's only uh we'll, we'll keep it for later but if, if, if there's anything that you need to kind of keep in mind from session zero is, I mean, we've been saying it, to have fun, set expectations, the things that are most important to you, and uh, have fun. Yeah. So that's going to wrap up our conversation on session zero. If you guys have questions, if you have uh, opinions that you want to share with us, please reach out to us. You can do so by contacting us on Twitter. That's at role underscore play underscore chat. Or we have an email. That's contact roleplaychat at gmail.com. Thanks for this chat, Chris, and looking forward to playing uh, next weekend. Oh, yeah. That's going to be super fun. <laughs> Let's call it a chat.